In this episode, I am so excited to bring you a beautiful person who I've become friends with in the last few weeks. Her name is Danny V, and she is a wellness and transformation coach. She helps ambitious women awaken their confidence, rejuvenate their mind, body, and soul. In this episode, we are talking all about how being a woman in business can be quite challenging, some tips and tricks on getting your mindset right, and also the journey that she has gone through to change and pivot throughout the last few years. This is a wonderful episode and I really hope you enjoy it. Make sure you go and give Danny V some love at Danny V Coach over on Instagram. And she also has an incredible Facebook group that you can be part of. I've added the links in the show notes, so make sure you check them out. Let's get into this episode with Danny V. Hey, hey there, you are listening to the Boss Motive Podcast, where I'm sharing all the tools, tips, and mindset tricks to build a successful business whilst living a life you love and avoiding the burnout. Ever wondered what it takes to live in a tropical paradise, run successful businesses, and work from home whilst raising kids? Well, listen up, friends, as I am sharing my story of how I've done this, along with interviews from other incredible entrepreneurs who are also living their best life. My name is Liz Morris, and this is the No BS Podcast, where I'm digging deep into what it actually takes to define your success and live a life you were put on this earth for. Haven't found your motive yet? Come in closer. We may just have the answer. Well, hello and welcome, Danny V. I do think you have the best name on the internet because Danny V is such a cool name. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for coming on my podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. We were lucky enough to meet, what was it, a couple of weeks ago at the mm. Osman Retreat. And it was so amazing to get to meet you and be in the environment with you and uh, really get to know you. So I had to have you come on the podcast. So thank you for coming. Um, now, can you please give me a background about who you are, where you live in this beautiful world and a bit about your business and how you got to where you are? Amazing. Yeah. So my name's Danny V. Um, I live in sunny Brisbane, Queensland um, and my business has morphed throughout the years. So I run a health and wellness business for women. I do run a local fitness business in Brisbane. We're serving mums and and um, women just wanting to get strong and fit and fabulous. Um, and then I also have a coaching business that I'm so very passionate about where I help entrepreneurial women step out of like hiding behind who they think they are or hating what they see in the mirror and just that that self-loathing and stepping into like a really great body confidence and, and stepping into a confidence and a feminine power that makes them shine bright. I love that. So you have a physical studio as well? Yeah, yeah. So I have a physical studio in Brisbane. And what does that look like? So what does your weeks look like, for example? Oh, my goodness, Liz. <laughs> um, <laughs> my weeks look like, well, I have Monday mornings off so I can um, sleep in. And then I run classes um, every day. So I run classes for my, um, my local business every day um, and do one-on-one coaching and small group training in the studio. Um, the classes that I run, I actually run in parks. So the mums, so I have babysitters there. So the mums can have their kids come and play in the park and the babysitters watch them while they work out. Um, and then during the day and then in the evenings, I do my coaching. So my mindset coaching 
for um, women actually all over the world. I coach women all over the world, so that's why sometimes I'm late at night um, because it's not late at night for them. And um, so, yeah, I think in the mornings I do the physical training. In the middle of the day I do the coaching. In the evenings, like the early evenings, I'll do like my one-on-one clients often. Like I've got really big blocks of my one-on-one clients. And then in the later evenings on certain days I do my coaching again. Fantastic. So have you always been into health and fitness? Is this something that you've always done? And how? explain the start of your business. How did you get into this beautiful space? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny because a lot of people say that I've always been fit and, and you know, um, thin and all this type of stuff, which I never had. I never was into fitness when I was in school. I was the last one picked for every team. Um, <laughs> I couldn't say so <laughs> Like there was, there was nothing um, athletic about me whatsoever. I couldn't swim unless I looked like I was drowning. Um, probably still a little bit like that <laughs> with swimming. Um, and it wasn't until actually I had a really severe car accident when I was 17 and um, I was very lucky to come out of that alive and I, I shattered my left patella. So my, my knee was just completely shattered and um, I had to do like fitness to rebuild it. I was in hospital for a really long time and I lost a lot of muscle definition. So I got into like going to the gym back then. Um, So I started getting into fitness when I was 17, 18 years old. And then um, when I fell pregnant with my first child, who's now 13 in February next year, um, I just had a change of life. So when I finished school, I actually did music at the Conservatorium of Music um, and I ran a massive piano teaching business for so many years. And then I, yeah, when I fell pregnant with Talia, I just wanted to do something different. Like I'd been doing that for many years and I wanted to really like start serving women. Like I just had this real drive to serve women and be able to create a business where I could have my children with me. So I couldn't take them piano teaching with me. Well, I did for a little bit, but it doesn't work once they grow into toddlers. Um, so that's when I got into the fitness side of the business. Um, and I really, I just started out as a $10 boot camp girl, just hoping people would turn up. <laughs> it's so funny how um, I, I think there's so many of us mums that we just have that that change in our brain when we've mm. had a baby and we just can see the world so differently. So that's pretty exciting that you already had a business that you were running. So did that close down or did you sell that or how did that, how did it, how did the transition go? Like what kind of, you went from a piano business, which is amazing to then um, getting into this health and fitness space. How did that even look like? And what were some of them? I know there's a a lot of mindset issues we have to go through, especially when we do that huge shift. Like mm. you went, so for me, it was from corporate to then working for myself, but you went from already having a business as a piano teacher to then identifying as a fitness person. How did that look, you know, from your mindset and your actual, you know, your capacity to do that? What did that look like back then? Yeah. So in the beginning, I kept both businesses. I actually kept the piano teaching business for quite some time. Um, and then with, with the mindset shift, I think um, it was easier for me to have my children with me when I went to the fitness business. So, like, I started decreasing the piano teaching business as the fitness business grew. Um, and I found it more rewarding doing the fitness side of things, like really watching women, like, find their confidence from just getting, moving their bodies and things like that. Um, and so it was it was 
for at least another um, six, seven years, I kept both businesses going. Wow. Um, yeah, lot. it was a long time. Um, I had another baby during that time. <laughs> um, and I, I did keep that going for so long. For the beginning, it was because I was not in, I was in an abusive marriage and I really just had that mindset that I wanted to keep money coming in like my own money and and um that couldn't be sort of held against me like all the things that I went through and I just really needed that independence um and then when um I was a single mom I again wanted the money so I kept the both the businesses going but then the fitness business really blossomed because I changed and shifted in my mindset of the way that I wanted people to um, appreciate and value what I did. So as I said, I started out as a $10 bootcamp girl. Then I did like 12 week memberships and then it just turned over into like a a normal every weekly membership that um, I didn't even have to think about. It just goes through a payment system. So um, once I did that, I, I felt it was time to start letting go of the piano teaching because it was too much um, with two children and and juggling it all. So that was a huge mindset shift for me to be able to let go of my first business. Um, and because it was in a school, it wasn't actually something I could sell, unfortunately. So I just sort of had to give my notice and, um, and go on my way with that one. Isn't it awesome? So I always talk to my about this kind of exactly the same situation is when you are letting go of something and then all of a sudden you shift into that new space. And I've done that personally with all of my business pivots is going, you keep that security, but there comes a time when you have to let go. But once you let go, you provide so much space to then blossom. And once you make that shift from, I'm no longer a piano teacher to now I'm a fitness person. It's incredible how once you've done that shift, how much the next business takes off. But it can be so scary to let go of what you have been doing. I, you know, in each of my pivots, letting go has been the hardest. I still get inquiries to be a photographer and I'm like deep down, I think, oh, I could really use that little, you know, that couple of grand, you know, I I, I could do that. That's a couple of hours. But I know if I spend time doing that, then I'm not going to serve my current clients and it, it just, the balance isn't there. So moving into that is incredible. So do you have staff, Danny, or how do you actually operate your business now? And tell me about this whole, what your thought process was starting with the $10 boot camp and how that worked. <laughs> because yeah. I love that you are now in a position where you are like, no, that wasn't good enough. And I've had to increase my prices and also how, how you've transitioned that. Yeah, absolutely. So I do have um, staff because I have the babysitters that um, work at the boot camps. Um, I do have one trainer. Before COVID hit, I had three trainers. Um, But with COVID, um, you know, every small business has been really um, affected by that. So I had to really pivot my business with that. Um, And I just had to let go of my trainers because it was just not um, feasible for me to keep them on with the pivot that I had to do because I couldn't run, I couldn't run my business as it was. Um, and so with the change in the different boot camps, I think when I started, because with my coaching business, I'm an NLP practitioner. And so when I started studying that, it really made me um, understand my my own value um, and what what um, what I value about myself and to be able to bring in that for myself. So a $10 boot camp, you didn't know if you were going to have that income and I wanted to have that safety and security. Um, 
So I don't know if you know about Maslow hierarchy of needs, but that's like, you know, the bottom is your safety and security. So if you don't have your safety and security, you can't move up the levels of like to get to self-actualization at the very top. So um, to have my safety and security, I wanted to ensure I was going to get like a certain amount of money and know what my income was. So that's why I went to the 12 week um, boot kit, like the 12 week memberships. And then I shifted from that because people would like, slip because I'd be so busy and they wouldn't pay for four weeks and then I'd be like hey you know you haven't paid for four weeks and they're like oh well I'm going to quit and so then they did four weeks for free so then I I then shifted again to ensure that that you know that that regular membership was there to safeguard me um, and the services that I was providing so that's the way I you know really made those different shifts in the business is that answering your question yeah absolutely (laughs) definitely (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I'm about having that security and I'm all about building the foundations. Like if we have, yeah. you know, regular income coming in and making sure that we're always going to have that stability because then you can build up from that. Absolutely. Yeah. So moving on from um, what do you find is one of the biggest issues or mindset challenges for female entrepreneurs, especially, I guess you probably work with mum entrepreneurs as well. Mm. What do you find that really holds women back? Because I feel like when we get into this space, it's, yeah. it's kind of relevant to us to learn what other, <laughs> what other mindset people you know, people are coping with and, yeah. uh, you know, and how perhaps maybe some tips on how we can work through these. So firstly, what, what mindset issues do you see with female entrepreneurs? Um, I think a huge one is imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. I talk about that all the time. <laughs> um, you know, like I think that women are so judgmental of themselves. So they feel that they're judged by other women. Um, and they, they, they're always so worried about, you know, not having enough knowledge or not not being good enough or that sort of that real feeling of um, I guess it's like a scarcity type of feeling. Like I think that's a huge thing for entrepreneurial women is that um, that fear of, you know, being judged, so the imposter syndrome. Um, and I would say like a really great way to work through that which is something I work through all the time. Like I'm not perfect just because, you know, I'm a mindset coach and I empower women. You know, I, I do that because that's, that's, I know what it's like to, to, to rise to the next level and rise to the next level. Like I know the work that has to be done. Um, and I, I think like the first step to that is like just really working through your values. So what are your values? And then just really focus on living those values. Like, don't worry about what other people's values are. Don't worry about what other people um, think because that's not going to serve you. Yeah, absolutely. That's so crucial, isn't it? Yeah. And women are the worst at imposter syndrome. We all suffer. And it doesn't matter what level you get to, I feel like you still have it at a different level, you know? Yeah. And we place ourselves in environments that we think we're going to be okay and then we get there and we're like, oh, no, back to (laughs) the fair one. So it's always an ongoing thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And the other, another thing I find, and I'm not sure if you find this as well, is, um, you know, valuing yourself and your time and accepting money. Do you find that can be a real issue? Yeah, very much so. And like saying no, I think saying no is a really difficult thing as an entrepreneur because you want to, you want to, especially if you're in a service-based business, you want to help everybody. Like that's your your innate being. So you want to help everybody. But um, but that, I love that valuing yourself because 
if you're not valuing yourself and you're bringing in all the people, you'll end up exhausted and your cup's not full. Um, so then, you know, that's where it feels like you're not, you're not getting to where you want to be. So valuing yourself and like, that's what I mean, knowing what your values are is the only way you're going to value yourself. Cause if you don't know what your values are, how are you going to value yourself? Yeah. It's so crucial, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I find that, um, what's another thing that you come up against in terms of working with women that you, that you see? For me, for, in my business is body Yeah, or women that you're coaching and that sort of thing. Like what else do you come up against that women really struggle with? Body confidence. So oh, um, like That's a good one. As a photographer for a long time, that was definitely something I saw all the time. Yeah, so huge. Like not 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 um, recognise what, what they see in the mirror is such a massive um like problem like so many women now and because of social media and because of all the filters and because of like you know the camera reel of social media everybody like looks at themselves in the mirror and that they they hate what they see so many women say that to me and it breaks my heart because you know then they're only seeing the like what they expect people should look make you know what they should look like and um i find it's really that that's the biggest hurdle for a lot of women is to love what they see in the mirror and recognize who they are because if you sort of if you're going through the imposter syndrome then you start being someone that you think everybody else thinks you have to be and so then you keep being this person and then you look in the mirror and you're like oh, i don't even recognize who i am anymore and and i i hate that person so it's all like this you know domino effect of um you know what that outside sort of um, acceptance is affecting what's inside in women. What would you rec- what would you suggest is a starting point for women that are feeling like this and feeling like they're, you know, they've got all these <laughs> imposter syndromes and they're trying to not like provide value. And I guess you're right with social media. A lot of the time, if you're in a service-based business, getting to actually show up and put yourself out there can be so um you know, intimidating to women. Yeah. How do you, how would you think that they, like what's a good tip that we can even just start with? Something that might just move the needle a little bit today that they might hear and go, oh, I could try that or um, that might help. You know what I found in the last probably two years because I've really struggled through COVID. Like it's been a really, um, it's been a massive learning journey for me and as, as a businesswoman. I feel like I've actually stepped in as a businesswoman instead of trying to please everybody. Um, and I strongly believe is to find your tribe of people that are going to cheer you on and that you can share, oh, my goodness, I've just done this reel. Oh, my goodness, I've just done this post. And so they're going to they're gonna celebrate you as a woman. Um, and finding, finding that sort of support network makes you want to stand up and show um, that, that you can do it, even if you just have an accountability buddy, like one person to start with, and then that person will know someone, and then that person will know someone, and you you grow that um, that area of support because women really thrive on community. Like at a cellular level, here my science science <laughs> brain is going to come in, but like at a cellular level, as humans, we are meant to be in a community. So if if you can build a community around you. It's going to give you the confidence to start showing up as who you are and, like, build the community of the people that know who you are authentically. I love that. That's such great Mm. advice. And for somebody that myself who I was, you know, I really kept to myself, I hid behind my camera and I didn't trust women because I was burnt so many times. Yes, I've been through that. 
I definitely think that in the last three years, two to three years in particular, by having a tribe of, you know, women that understand it and really support me and cheer me on when the days are crap, I really feel like that has made such a significant difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and even being, uh, you know, it's been really hard. And I was only talking to a person this morning about this, how hard it was to be, even though we still had online community, but being when we went to the Osmom retreat recently, you and I, yeah. it was so empowering to be in the space, yeah. human contact. Like I being, loved it, yeah. You know, like when I met you, it wasn't just this across the table thing. It was like you gave me the biggest, warmest hug and I was like, oh, <laughs> she's going to be my life friend. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah. so even the fact like when we work from home or we're doing something completely different, I've even found having an accountability buddy locally has yeah. made such a difference. Just going out for a coffee and saying this has been crap or whatever it is, but as yeah. women, I don't, I don't seem to see that with men as often. Like, perhaps yeah. you know, it does happen, but definitely with women, just physical contact makes such a difference. Such a difference. It's such a difference, and especially like people seem to be craving it even more so right now. So having someone local that you can like just call up or you know book it in your diary. Like, you know, you have a meetings, make this a meeting because this is for your mental health and this is for you to grow as a businesswoman, but grow as a person as well. Um, Cause you know, your accountability p- person doesn't have to always be about business as well. If you don't feel like talking about business that day, don't, you know, just <laughs> whinge about your husband or whatever <laughs> it needs to be, you know? So it's, it's so important to have that community of support um, to really fulfill you at a cellular level. Like literally I'm saying that that's what we need. Yeah, that's so important. I love that so much. And also I find finding just let go of the fear, like instead of always assuming everybody's going to rip you off or everyone's going to take your business idea or whatever, the more that we open ourselves up, the more that comes in, you know, and um, sitting behind a big block is not doesn't serve anybody and it certainly doesn't serve women as entrepreneurs. We should yeah. be supporting each other. And no one's going to ever do it your way either. Like, so if you're sharing your idea and if they take your idea, it's never going to be your idea because they're going to do it their way. So they're going to attract their people and you're, they're not, they're never going to attract your people. So that's a really good way to sort of understand it as well. Because like, especially for me in the wellness industry, there's, there's so many, I could see everybody that I speak to as a, as competition, but I honestly can tell you that I don't see anybody as competition. You know, when you go to some coaches and they're like, oh, so who's your competition? I'm like, I don't know. Like nobody does what I do. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's that gym down the road and, and there's that mindset coach online, but they don't do what I do. So they're not my competition because their people aren't my people. So yeah. that's a really good like view to have, um, collectively if that makes sense like really like knowing that what you present to the world is no one else can present it like you do yeah I love that that's so crucial isn't it especially yeah. when we're starting out or yes. doing a pivot into a new industry like oh, going pivoting is tough. doing yeah and so much of pivoting you can have all the strategy in the world you know you can know how to run Facebook ads and you can know how to show up on Instagram but unless your mindset is solid it makes it so hard to move forward absolutely mindset is key to everything and you know I guess going back to my business is the reason why I'm so passionate about my mindset coaching business now and I'm really like pivoting into that world is because 
even in my wellness business, the face-to-face business, like all of my ladies um, know that mindset is key and like the feedback and testimonials you get, it's about, you know, their lives have changed because of their mindset, not because, oh, I've lost five kilos. You know, it's not about that ever. And so then when you're, uh, when you're wanting to shine bright, you know, in my coaching business, like you want to shine bright, um, it's not about, um, you know, you have to do the best reels or you have to, you have to do five posts a day or, you know, you have, to, I, I don't know, like all the, all the things that people talk about. Yes. It's, if you, like you just said, it's exactly what you just said. If your mindset isn't clear about what you want, it's, it's just going to always be like this pushing, this pushing mm. uphill. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost like once you make the shift, it it all just becomes easier. You can get clarity around what you should be doing. Even all of a sudden it becomes clear what strategy you need to put in place. Like, where are my customers? Oh, I'm, I'm confident in my services. Now I just have to find the customers, you know, and everything else just kind of clicks and falls into place once you have those foundations. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hundred percent, and I know um, also from a wellness perspective, what you were talking about is just even things like simple things. So you get your mindset really clear, but doing something like physical activity. You know, we talked about going to community, talking to friends, and being you know physical, but actually physically doing something every day for ourselves can make such a difference. Like I had three days this week where I didn't go to the gym, I didn't go outside. Basically, it was just working, and. I felt terrible. Like I woke up this morning, I was like, oh my gosh, why do I feel so bad? And then I went to the gym and I sweated it out, spoke to a couple of ladies at the gym and I felt so much better. So things like even movement can make such a difference to our well-being, and and then in turn it transfers into our business and we move, we just can move mountains when we're feeling confident and the endorphins are going and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And finding your movement, that's something that I really like to teach ladies is that, you know, like I'm like you, I love, I love lifting. So, you know, that makes me feel good. But, you know, if you're still moving your body, if you go and do yoga or if you go and do Pilates or if you go for a 10-minute walk, like if you're in the office all day and in your lunch break, go outside, get the sun kissing your skin and go for that 10-minute walk and come back and it's just going to revive you and also like um, fueling your body with really like nourishing foods and what nourishes me won't nourish you. Like we're, we're all different people. So, you know, like if I go and tell you to eat kale, but your body might react to it. So you could, you probably, yes, you, you know, like it's not going to be great for you, but I might love kale. So I think it's really, it's really important to understand your body as well by nourishing it with the foods that makes you feel good as well. Yeah, that's so important. And I know um, I've had this conversation recently about how it becomes easier to read your body and to understand your body as you get older, um, you know, and also realizing what changes because what worked for me when I was 20, like we could go and eat McDonald's every single night for weeks and burn it off the next day when you're 20. But when you get to 40, you're like, no, I actually feel disgusting if I eat really, really bad food. And it's, and it's what you're saying. And then finding out, I love that find the activity that suits you because, you know, I, I thought only I would look amazing if I did yoga and then so I tried it and I've tried it on over and over and over again. And I realize I'm like bored out of my brain. <laughs> I can't even do the movements because I'm just not a stretchy person. 
<laughs> but put me on a treadmill or put me in um, a gym or doing a class and that's fast and exciting and it, it pumps me up. So it's amazing how what works for one person doesn't work for another person. And I love that you say that because I think it's really important. We look at people online and we think, oh, I want to be like her. Oh, she does yoga and she eats this and she eats that. So maybe I should do that. But I love that you're saying just find what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And like in my fitness business, I I run all different classes for that because there's women that are like, I'm not going to come, like just like you, there's so many of my clients like, I'm not going to come to yoga. I don't do (laughs) yoga. But there's other women like, you have to come. It's amazing. So there's always like that different thing um, to be able to serve you. And with nourishing your body, I love how you said like when you turn 40 because even as a wellness coach, I never believed that the different ages there was any differences because when I turned 30 and a lot of people's bodies changed when they turned 30, I was like, nah. Yeah, a load of rubbish. Like, I don't know why people say this. I don't know what scientific backing is this because it's ridiculous. And then when I turned forty, and I did have my last baby when I was thirty nine, so I did have a baby. Wow, six months before I turned forty. But you know, my body's never been the same since I've turned forty, and and the way that I feel my body and the way that I exercise, it really, it really is so different. So being okay with that because your body's forty years old, so maybe you need to shuffle things up if it's not working now and being okay with that is huge. Yes. Yes. It's so important. And just being aware of where you are at the stage of life. Yeah. It sounds really like all out there, but just being okay. Like your body has gone through so much 40 years worth of work and having babies and all that sort of stuff. And just, I also find we're really hard on ourselves, you know, like men are the worst for that. Yeah, yeah, and just being like, no, you know what, you've done really well. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give yourself a pat on the back. You survived yeah. another year of teenagers, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love this conversation, Danny, but I just want to go, um, we're about to hit Christmas when this goes live. So can you give me some tips on how we can survive this festive season as an entrepreneur but also, um, you know, from a busy woman or a mum perspective, like what are your t- what are you telling your clients at the moment? Um, take time for self-care. I know everybody says that, but self-care can, can easily be five minutes of time. Like even if you go and shut yourself in your bedroom and if you're doing that five minutes, make it. Um, I actually did a meditation with my ladies this morning about just making it, it nothingness and making that spaciousness of emptying out your mind and just, and it can be the biggest challenge for us as women. And if we're busy and we've got all this stuff doing, like just take time to have nothing in your head for five minutes and it can be the biggest challenge, but then allow those thoughts to come in and then just breathe them out. Because if you, if you don't let that space come in, you're going to keep on creating stories in your head and it's, it's just going to get too much for you as an entrepreneurial woman and as a mum. So doing that, or if you can go out for a five minute walk and move your body and, and really be kind to yourself. Oh, kindness. Three tips. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Definitely kindness. Mm. We're so hard on ourselves, especially. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have like that bottle of champagne or if you have like the Christmas pudding, who cares? We're having a wonderful time with your family. That's okay. You know, there's time where you can go and work that off later on, you know, or do you need to work it off because you've always been moving throughout the Christmas break anyway? Like just be really kind to yourself. 
Mm, I love that. That's that's perfect to finish it on. Let's just be kind. Kind. <laughs> be as kind to ourselves as we are to other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jenny V. Um, I'm going to put all of your links below, but where can people connect with you the best? Where do you um, <laughs> I would say Instagram. So my my handle is Denny V Coach. So D A W N I V E C O A C H. Uh, it's probably where I hang out the most. Um, and yeah, I do give a lot of information there. I do have a community, the um, the Wellness Conscious Woman um, on Facebook as well. That's a free public group that I do a lot of masterclasses and a lot of um, a lot of knowledge around um, empowering yourself and stepping into your confidence. So if you wanted to jump over there, you could catch me there as well. Oh, I'm going to sign up for that one for sure. So yeah. I'll make sure I put all of those links in the show notes below. So thank you so much. And I hope you have a beautiful Christmas with your family. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see your business thrive next year. Thank you, Liz. Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> Well, thank you again for listening to yet another episode of the Boss Motive Podcast. I hope these episodes are really helping you towards building a successful business and a life that you love. If you enjoyed this episode, please jump over and leave me a review because that is going to help me get this episode out to more people. And of course, I love to see you on Instagram. So please tag me at Boss Motive and let me know if these episodes are resonating with you or if there's something that you would love to hear. I look forward to being back in your ear again next week. Thanks again.